you turn with me to Psalm 103, a Psalm of David. Bless the Lord, O my soul, and all that is within me, bless his holy name. Bless the Lord, O my soul, and forget not all his benefits, who forgives all your iniquities, who heals all your diseases, who redeems your life from destruction, who crowns you with loving kindness and tender mercies, who satisfies your mouth with good things, so that your youth is renewed like the eagle's. The Lord executes righteousness and justice for all who are oppressed. He made known his ways to Moses, his acts to the children of Israel. The Lord is merciful and gracious, slow to anger and abounding in mercy. He will not always strive with us, nor will he keep his anger forever. He has not dealt with us according to our sins, nor punished us according to our iniquities. For as the heavens are high above the earth, so great is his mercy toward those who fear him. As far as the east is from the west, so far has he removed our transgressions from us. As a father pities his children, so the Lord pities those who fear him. For he knows our frame, he remembers that we are dust. As for man, his days are like grass. As a flower of the field, so he flourishes. For the wind passes over it, and it is gone, and its place remembers it no more. But the mercy of the Lord is from everlasting to everlasting on those who fear him, and his righteousness to children's children, to such as keep his covenant and to those who remember his commandments to do them. The Lord has established his throne in heaven, and his kingdom rules over all. Lord God, we come before you, and we pray that we would be teachable, that we would be humble. We praise you that you are merciful and gracious, slow to anger, and abounding in mercy. So we come before you, our King, our merciful King, and ask this in Jesus' name. Amen. In verses 17 and 18, the last time we saw that the mercy of God and his word are from everlasting to everlasting. And it's very clear. God's mercy is made clear in that he made a covenant with sinful people who has, and he's given us his spirit that we might desire to uh, keep that covenant and we might have some power to, to keep it. And yet he shows great mercy when we fail. And we see again today uh, in the baptism of Ada, uh, the merciful promises made to Abraham and to his descendants, and to those who walk in the fear of the Lord, who keep his covenant in faith by the power of the Holy Spirit, and who do his commandments. Now, verse 9 is kind of like a transition uh, to the concluding blessing. Uh, it's a transition from remembering, as we did, uh, the Lord's great mercy to us, and then we transition to the focus on his eternal throne, and that his kingdom rules over all, which you may have not have noticed, but our uh, singing, uh, our readings today have focused on our king and uh, his covenant with us. Verse 19, uh, well, and then it concludes with the blessing. So verse 19a says, the Lord has established his throne in heaven. His throne is firmly established. Psalm 11 says, the Lord is in his holy temple. The Lord's throne is in heaven. His eyes behold, his eyelids test the sons of men. So the Lord God reigning on the throne, our king, the king of kings, knows all things. He sees all things. And he sits on his throne and it says, his eyes behold all things. And we also have a great high priest representing us at the throne of God, who is called the majesty. And by the way, when kings of the earth address a king, I believe they usually say your majesty before they go there. And we're talking to the majesty in Hebrews 8, it says, We have a high priest who is seated at the right hand of the throne of the majesty in heavens, in the heavens. 
And our king is the creator of all thrones, in fact. Uh, They're all created for him. In Colossians 1, it says, For by him all things were created that are in heaven and and that are on earth, visible and invisible, whether thrones or dominions or principalities or powers, all things were created through him and for him. In Daniel 4, we have a perfect example. It's perfect. It's from the word of God. And we have an example of that his throne in heaven rules over all creation. And so it rules over all kings and all kingdoms, all rulers uh, on the earth. And uh, that people would know that the most high rules in the kingdom of men. This begins uh, Daniel chapter 4, verse 28. It says, all this came upon King Nebuchadnezzar. At the end of the 12 months, he was walking about the royal palace of Babylon. And it was totally awesome. Beautiful place, probably a wonder of the world at that point. So he's walking around about the royal palace of Babylon, and the king spoke, saying, Is not this great Babylon that I have built for a royal dwelling by my mighty power and for the honor of my majesty? Can you imagine? I think if I was near him, I would have edged away quite a bit for a man to say such a thing by the might of my majesty, he said. And it goes on, while the word was still in the king's mouth, a voice fell from heaven. King Nebuchadnezzar, to you it is spoken. The kingdom has departed from you. And they shall drive you from men, and your dwelling shall be with the beasts of the field. They shall make you eat grass like oxen, and seven times shall pass over you until you know that the Most High rules in the kingdom of men and gives it to whomever he chooses. That's the living God we are worshiping. Rejoicing in today, the most high God who rules in the kingdom of men. So here he was, seven years, like an animal, completely humbled. Didn't look like a king. Didn't act like one. He was no longer a mighty king. But then Nebuchadnezzar, by, certainly by the grace of God, acknowledged the, the, the majesty. He acknowledged the almighty king. And it says his reason to return to him. His reason returned to him, or his understanding And actually, I believe that happens to us as we acknowledge King Jesus. Our reason, our ability to reason rightly returns to us. And it says, at the end of the time, I, Nebuchadnezzar, lifted my eyes to heaven, and my understanding returned to me. And I blessed the Most High and praised and honored him who lives forever. Now he knows who the, the majesty on high is. And it says, for his dominion is an everlasting dominion, and his kingdom is from generation to generation. All the inhabitants of the earth are reputed as nothing. He does according to his will in the army of heaven and among the inhabitants of the earth, and no one can restrain his hand or say to him, what have you done? So in the way God dwelt with this mighty earthly king, well, he's mighty in an earthly sense, certainly, one of the greatest kings of that time, certainly. God made it clear that he rules all kingdoms. And it will be known that the Most High rules in the kingdom of man, and he gives it to whomever he chooses. Our Lord is the King of kings and the Lord of lords. The nations and their kingdoms and their kings and their rulers are as nothing. They're like a drop in a bucket. They're like the dust on the scales. We need to understand more and more that perspective. Every knee shall bow, we heard already. Every tongue shall confess that he is king, he is Lord, and he reigns over all, and his kingdom is eternal. So praise God, he has opened our eyes, like Nebuchadnezzar, so that we can know and we can acknowledge today by his grace that he is king. Psalm 145 says the same. 
that his saints are to speak of his glorious kingdom. It says, we've already sung this. We've already had it in our readings. I'm going to say it again. All your works shall praise you, O Lord, and your saints shall bless you. They shall speak of the glory of your kingdom and talk of your power and make known to the sons of men his mighty acts and the glorious majesty of his kingdom. Your kingdom is an everlasting kingdom and your dominion endures throughout all generations. So every week in this sacrament, in the sacraments, we acknowledge his kingship and his lordship and his loving reign over us as his people. The Lord purchased us and he redeemed us through the sacrifice of his son on the cross. So when we partake of this wine and cracker, we remember and we rejoice that our king rules over us. He's a loving king. He rules over all. And we remember the cost of making us members of his kingdom. Verse 19b says, his kingdom rules over all. Psalm 93 says, the Lord reigns. He is clothed with majesty. Psalm 96, say among the nations, the Lord reigns. Psalm 97, the Lord reigns. Let the earth rejoice. Psalm 99, the Lord reigns, let the peoples tremble. So let's come, brothers and sisters, at this time to the Lord our King, rejoicing that we are coming before him uh, through the Lord Jesus Christ, that we are eating, that we are being nourished by our King at his table. Blessing and honor and glory and power be to him who sits on the throne and to the Lamb forever and ever. Amen. Dear High King of Heaven, you are worthy of all praise. And we come now to exalt you, to exalt him who rules over all, and to give thanks that we are members of an unshakable kingdom, an everlasting kingdom, over which you rule and you reign from your throne. O Lord, by your grace, your great grace given to us through this covenant sign and seal, may we speak more of the glory of your kingdom. May we talk more of your power, and may we make known with boldness to the sons of men, your mighty acts. Lord God, we worship and we rejoice in our King this morning, the one who died and the one who rose again. And we ask that we would partake now of this table with you, with humility and with thankfulness by your spirit. For we ask this in the name of he who rules over all, King Jesus. Amen.